0: The Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network presents Setting the Record Straight, where various Christian Reconstructionist pastors seek to understand and dissect the issues that are plaguing the church today, from the pulpit to the pew. In the
1: first Avengers movie, the bad guy is Loki, the god of mischief and he's got a plot to take over the whole world and become the ruler of everything. And at one point early on in the movie, Loki walks into a crowd, and he he manages to get the whole crowd of people to kneel. He demands that they kneel before him, kind of a foretaste of what he plans on doing with the whole world. And he he gives a little short speech there, Kneel before me I said is not this simpler is this not your natural state It's the unspoken truth of
0: humanity that you crave subjugation. The bright lure of freedom diminishes your life's joy in a mad scramble for power, for identity. You were made to be ruled. In the end, you will always kneel.
1: America shows up and saves the day and Iron Man and all that and uh, so they they handle Loki but what they never do is they never really bother to point out what was wrong with what Loki said and in this scene Loki does say some things about the nature of humanity and what it means to rule and be ruled And the uncomfortable truth of the matter is that Loki's not far off the mark here. There's a man at the end of the scene, an old man who looks like maybe he experienced the the Nazis or something, and he stands and he refuses to kneel. And we all wish we were that guy. But generally speaking, most people are not that guy. The uncomfortable truth is that Loki was talking about an instinct I'm going to call it the Loki instinct. He was talking about an instinct that really has two edges on it. And the first edge really is, and it's just true, humans like having strong leaders. And we'll go into a little bit why we think that is and what the Bible has to say about that. But, you know, we're about to have a midterm election here pretty soon in the United States. And what's that all going to be about Who's the best, the strongest leader who can keep chaos at bay for longer than the next one? And so it'll all be this mad scramble, like Loki says, a mad scramble to find somebody, some strong-handed, iron-willed leader who will be able to come in and do for us what we want done in terms of, you know, keep the bad guys away and stuff like that. And the other edge to the Loki instinct is that they want men who can lead in an iron-handed way, if need be, in order to keep all the bad people away. Not only do humans prefer that, but they also, the sad truth is that among humanity, there are always people who are willing to step up and raise their hand and say, yes, I can be that for you, which is what we see. Uh, We'll see that all over the United States when the midterms come up again. Not only people clamoring for good leadership that can keep the bad guys away, but a handful of people standing up and saying, I'm that guy. I can do that for you. And I can do it better than this one. And that's just really how humanity has always worked from time immemorial. So the first edge of the Loki instinct is this idea that uh, people need a strong leader, and I think that's me. All right, Loki is willing to be that strong leader. There are scriptural examples of this that go all the way back to the book of Genesis. We see shortly after the flood, this guy named Nimrod goes out and begins to build cities and name them after himself. And and a lot of people think he was the instigator behind uh, Babel and the tower that was built there the ancient jews believed that nimrod's kingdom was a dictatorship where he was the first tyrant the first beastly ruler you can find nimrod's story in there but really it's all over the bible last week we mentioned the sons of korah during the wilderness trek of the nation of israel and the sons of korah were of the tribe of levi but they weren't members of the priestly class And they basically stood up and said, we can do this as well as anybody else can, and you should acknowledge our leadership qualities and accept us as priests as well. But after that, we find a man named, and I'm just skipping around here and mentioning him as as we go, we find Solomon's son, Rehoboam. And after Solomon died, Rehoboam went to go confront the northern tribes and. He was going to tell them the way it was going to be. He had older, wiser counselors telling him that if you will be a little bit soft on these people, they will follow you wherever you want to go. But he had younger, more brash counselors telling them they'll only respect you if you're strong. And so he went with the Loki instinct and he went to show them and convince them that he was going to rule with an iron hand and if they thought they had it bad under his dad, just wait and see what he would do to them. And you know that went wrong as well, and wound up causing a split in the kingdom right away. In fact, in the Bible, there are many kings who oppose the rule of God and they wind up replacing God in their own minds, at least, and often in the minds of the people. Think of Nebuchadnezzar and Pharaoh and the kings of Medo-Persia and the Caesars later in Rome, and they all had this in common: this Loki instinct to be that strong hand. And they were almost universally praised by their people for the fact that they were, in, they were in fact, in most cases, able to keep the bad guys away, able to keep the chaos from coming in. On the other side of the Loki instinct Is the the instinct that I think is more troubling And it's the instinct by which humans clamor For this sort of thing Loki was not wrong When he said that humanity seems to love To be subjugated We see this in the Bible as well And why is it? Because we sense I think we sense it wrongly But we sense this choice that we have where we can either have tyranny, we can have a strong leader, or if we don't have strong leadership, we're gonna wind up in chaos here with everybody just doing what they wanna do. And given that option, humanity always chooses which one, the strong leader. And the more chaos we feel, and the more we feel threatened by the bad guys, the more we're willing to go with the more iron-fisted, the more jackbooted tyrant. We're more willing to go that way. And you see this all the time. We saw it after 9-11 and this idea that it was actually said this way. We have to give up some freedom in order to secure our safety. And given that choice, if the choice is give up freedom in order to be safe or keep our freedom and have to deal with chaos ourselves, we'll give up freedom every time. Every time. That's the Loki instinct that's real in us. We see scripture scriptural examples of this as well. Y'all are familiar, I trust, with 1 Samuel chapter 8 and the people clamoring for a king, for a king. It, it, they were under the governorship, basically, the judicial governorship of Samuel, who was a prophet and a judge among them, and they clamored for a king. We want one who will go out with our armies, who will lead us into battle like all the other kings of the earth. That's what we want. And God at that time, you can read that story. God at that time interpreted that as a rejection of his own rulership. What were their options? Well, the way the law had been given to them, the law, we've talked about this a lot, the law doesn't give meticulous details about anything. It has that reputation from people who hate God. But the truth is, the law really doesn't give meticulous rules about what to do in your everyday life. It generally gives very broad rules, broad commandments. And if you stay within those commandments, you have a lot of freedom. The scripture calls this the perfect law of liberty, not of bondage. Stay within the rules that God has given you, and you will experience Freedom, not bondage. And so the people the people in Israel in that day, they had a choice. Can we live with these kind of broad rules and govern ourselves? Or do we need somebody with a stronger hand to come in and make sure this all doesn't end up in chaos? Because, you know, I can govern myself pretty well. I'm not gonna go out and commit murder and kill people and do all sorts of criminal stuff. I can govern myself, but what about those other folks? You know, self-government's gonna work really well here, but what about out there, right? And so I'm willing to give up a little bit of my freedom for the sake of making sure somebody's handling the chaos. Another place, That I hope you've turned to is in Judges chapter 9. It's a passage that you probably won't hear preached on very much. Just to set up the context here. uh, There's a righteous man named Jotham. And a wicked man named Abimelech. Abimelech has designs on becoming the king of Israel. And he actually does. For your Bible trivia going forward. Who was the first king of Israel? We're all trained to say Samuel. I mean uh, Saul. Right. But. Abimelech, it says, actually ruled as king in Israel for three years during the period of the Judges. So Abimelech versus Jotham. And Abimelech's a mass murderer by this time, killing 70 of Jotham's family members. Judges chapter uh, 9 and verse 7. Now when they told Jotham, he went and stood on the top of Mount Gerizim and lifted his voice and called out. Thus he said to them, Listen to me, O men of Shechem, that God may listen to you. Once the trees went forth to anoint a king over them, and they said to the olive tree, "Reign over us. But the olive tree said to them, Shall I leave my fatness with which God and men are honored and go to wave over the trees? Then the trees said to the fig tree, You come, reign over us. But the fig tree said to them, Shall I leave my sweetness and my good fruit and go to wave over the trees? Then the tree said to the vine, You come rain over us. But the vine said to them, Shall I leave my new wine, which cheers God and men, and go to wave over the trees? Finally, all the trees said to the bramble or the thorn bush, You come rain over us. And the bramble said to the trees, if in truth you are anointing me as king over you, come and take refuge in my shade. But if not, may fire come out from the bramble and consume the cedars of Lebanon. Now this parable winds up being uh, prophetic. The bramble here is Abimelech, and the trees of the field are the people of Israel who come and make him their king. And that eventually does work out in a split. Fire comes out prophetic uh Prophetically and symbolically, fire comes out from Abimelech and consumes even the men who had been in favor of his rule. Kind of funny to note there, as they go through these trees, the fig tree, the olive tree, the vine, which isn't really even a tree. <laughs> right? And and what do they say? Should I stop actually being productive? for the sake of ruling over people (laughs) and I I just got to say this I think the concept is bad rulers generally come from the ranks of those who aren't actually producing anything of value and all the people said amen because you look at Congress how do we have so many lawyers in Congress men and women who have never produced a darn thing in their lives And yet they are ruling over everything. How do we have so many lawyers on the Supreme Court right now? Men and women who have never produced a darn thing and they're in charge of everything. How have we had so many lawyers wind up as presidents? Men who never did anything but be in politics. They were never anything other than brambles. Never producers. And you know what we do? We have big conventions and we cheer and we hold signs and raise flags. And we're happy to have them. The fire comes out from them and consumes everything of good and everything of value among us. There's another incident. In the third chapter of Isaiah, we won't turn there. There's another incident where Isaiah is predicting the desolation of the people of God because of their sin. And he mentions a time, he predicts a time when uh, men would gather around someone and say, Oh, you have a cloak. You rule over us. You be in charge of all these ruins. What qualifies you for leadership? Well, you've still got a cloak. You must be awesome. So come rule over all of us. It's that Loki instinct. We're in the middle of chaos. Things are going downhill, and what are we going to do if we don't have strong, even iron-handed, when it's needed? What if we don't have that kind of leadership to stave off the bad guys and the chaos? What can the answer be? By the way, I think that this is also expressed in our day and in our nation with the calls for patriotic conformity. You know, like in, in Babylon, when they played the music, everybody was supposed to bow down to the idol. We have that in America. When the magic sky cloth goes by and they play the music, heaven help you if you don't do the right thing. If you, if you stand or sit or kneel or salute or put your hand on your heart or you don't do those things, heaven help you. Because we're trying to stave off the chaos here. And if you're not a patriot like the rest of us, then you're obviously part of the problem So what is the issue? Because you're not wrong if you posit the idea that we are kind of threatened with either tyranny on the one hand or anarchy and chaos on the other What's the issue? Do we just try to have as little tyranny as we can? While keeping the chaos mostly at bay? Do we accept a little more chaos For the sake of a little less tyranny? What do we do? I'm convinced the Bible's answer is that We don't need more government We need more gospel I'm convinced that the Bible's answer Is that what Israel did in 1 Samuel chapter 8 They they made the wrong choice The answer is Self-government under God. Not self-government under human autonomy and not self-government under under the idea that I get to do whatever I think is right, but self-government under God. That's the solution. That's what keeps chaos at bay. The bad guys, what's going to keep them at bay? Well, sometimes they need to be arrested for their crimes. If they commit crimes, they do need to be arrested and biblically punished and all that. So you do need... Biblical government to handle crimes. But if you're worried about all these evil people who don't know how to self govern under God, what's the answer? Not a jackboot, not stormtroopers. The answer is the gospel of Jesus Christ. You, Christian people, should be the examples of what it looks like to self govern under God. We should be the representatives of this new race, this new society, this new way of living in the world with Jesus Christ at the head and no other man having dominion over any other man. God created Adam and Eve. He created them in in the garden. They were both made in the image of God. Right at the end of Genesis chapter one, it says, let us make man in our image And he made man male and female in his image and gave them dominion over everything that he had made. But he didn't give them dominion over each other. And God has not given any image bearer here on the earth. God has not given any any image bearer dominion over any other image bearer. And the Christian gospel comes along and says, the reason we don't need that In order to avoid chaos is because God has started a new thing, a new world, a new kingdom through Jesus Christ. And that's the good news of the gospel. There's a new solution to the issue. And you Christians should be the examples of that. As you prove in your daily life that you don't need somebody standing over you, threatening you in order to make you do the right things. What do we have? we as christians first and foremost because of the work of jesus christ in our lives because of faith in his promises we are indwelt by the holy spirit and that should have practical effects and one of those practical effects is going to be hopefully you've experienced this the holy spirit really won't let you get away with anything can i get an amen Amen. There are sometimes we slide back into the old way of doing things, the old way of thinking, the old way of talking, the old way of acting, back into old habits. And now, now that you're a Christian, now you start to notice that's not nearly as fun as it used to be. The whole time I was involved in that thing that used to give me so much pleasure, now I'm thinking, man, this isn't right. This isn't me. This isn't what I've been called to. And we can't get away with anything. Amen? That's good news. God has called you not just to find forgiveness for your sins, but to find release from your sins here and now. We're indwelt by the Holy Spirit who leads us and guides us. We have no need of prophets, priests, and kings whose jobs are to keep us in line because Jesus Christ does those functions in us Every day, moment by moment by moment. That's an amazing thing when you think about it. We also have the law word of God as our standard. You know what happens? Truth be told, what happens is if you go and preach a message like this of freedom, there are going to be some knuckleheads who take that to mean, I can just run wherever I want to run and do whatever I want to do. And now the issue is, no, don't you have the Holy Spirit living within you? you And he'll say, well, yes, I do. And I don't feel anything telling me this is wrong. Uh, Well, how do you deal with that now? Do you have Holy Spirit arguing with Holy Spirit? No. But how are you going to convince? You have to go to the objective standard, the written word. It's written down. So not only are we filled with the Holy Spirit and enabled to do the right things, but we shouldn't have much doubt about what those right things are and what they're not. You don't need Congress telling you what a righteous law is because you have the righteous law. You don't need the, you don't need the Supreme Court telling you how you're supposed to act in order to live as free people. You've got the perfect law of liberty telling you what that looks like. On top of the law, word of God and the Holy Spirit living within us, we have Christ's own example of what I'm going to call non-Loki leadership, non-coercive leadership. See, Loki only knows one way to keep the chaos at bay. Loki leaders only know one way. And it's by threats. It's by coercion. It's by actual violence. That's it. They know no other way. And then Christ, the King of kings and Lord of lords, shows up on earth as a servant. And how does he lead? Two ways. By his example, by actually serving people who are in need around him, and by, and, and by being willing to tell the hard truth every time he opened his mouth being willing to tell the hard truth, even in the face of Loki and leaders who act just like him. I'll tell you what, if we as Christians started to do that, lead by serving, lead by the example of our lives, lead by being willing to tell the truth even when it hurts, even when it's not comfortable, even when it's going to get you in trouble. If we were those kind of bold truth tellers whose lives were in parallel with the truth that we're telling, what would happen? We would be the leaders because that's the way Christ has designed the world. If you are in Christ, God has given you what the the Protestant reformers called the right and duty of private judgment. Everything that you are told, whether it's from a pulpit like this one, whether it's from my mouth, whether it's from someone else, who purports to be leading you. And, and wherever that is, if it's in school, if it's in at work, if it's in uh, government, if it's in a church, wherever it is that you've got somebody trying to lead you, you have been given a right and a duty of private judgment, which means you take what you're told and you compare it to that objective standard of the word of God. And this is a right and duty that nobody can take from you. No Loki leader can come to you and take that right away from you, which is why tyrannies and Loki-style governments have always had to do what they could to stomp out those who believed in the one true God. Because we have a standard that is above them, and we have a standard that we can hold them to. And no tyranny can put up with that. The other thing that I'll mention, the other way we have, how are we going to keep the chaos out? You know, what if we do have these people running wild with their freedom in Christ, supposedly? Well we have a little thing called church discipline. And we have this notion that we as the people of God are kind of policing ourselves. Listen, if this group right here was on a boat, the SS Minnow, And we thought it was a three-hour tour, but, you know, bad things happen, and we wind up on a desert island. How long would it be before we needed to have police? Or FBI? or You know? I am confident that if, if this group wound up on a desert island, we wouldn't need a government for a long old time. Until like other people started coming to the island and stuff like that. Right? And all I'm saying to you is part of that is that as a church, we're able to recognize when one of us is kind of going astray. When we see them committing sins over here, we have instruction. They sin against us. So we see them committing sins. You're supposed to go to them in a spirit of humility and in a, in, a, in a lowly spirit understanding that you yourself are a sinner but you're supposed to go to them and say hey brother hey sister do you think this is really right this can't be right if that doesn't work you take one or two more with you and if they're still defiant you take it to the whole body and we just say you know what we can't coerce you we can't we can't use force against you and we can't be lords over your conscience but if this is what you're going to do you're going to do it out here apart from us. And that winds up being a form of government that's actually real. So if the question is, as Loki puts it, you can either have strong leadership or you can have chaos, logically, what that's called is a false dichotomy. That's viewing things from only the choices that the world gives you. But God comes in in Jesus Christ and gives you a third option. And the only one that actually, really, historically works. You can have iron-fisted leaders come in who will keep the trains running on time and stuff like that, and they'll lower the crime rate because they just kill everybody. You can have that, but your freedom goes away at the same time. And it's the law and the gospel The person of Jesus Christ, the power of the indwelling spirit, self-government under the watchful eye of a loving father who cares for us, that's the real solution. That's what keeps chaos at bay. You and I preaching the message of freedom through Jesus Christ, that's what keeps it at bay. The power, the power of the gospel. There's no other solution.
0: Thank you for listening to Setting the Record Straight join us on Facebook at the Reconstructionist Radio Discussion Group and don't forget to visit reconstructionistradio.com to listen to all of our podcasts and to download our free audiobooks.